Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening to you, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eduardo Serrano from Discussion World Podcast, and today I will be flying solo. But don't you worry, because Juan will be back by next episode. But right now, though, I have a very special guest. He is known for his golden promos, his work as an amateur referee, he is the best worst womanizer, and he is the commissioner of all Southern California wrestling. I have here today Lance Bully Winters. Thank you guys for having me on the show today. How are you guys doing? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whatever time frame you're in, you're always in the zone when you're hanging out with the big boss, Bully Lance himself. Thank you for having me on the World Famous Discussion World Podcast. I, uh, I wouldn't really say world famous uh, yet, but uh, today I have here Lance Winters uh, as just Lance Winters. He like you know This is just kind of to get like the inside scoop of ASCW and Lance I'm gonna go I'm just gonna go straight into the interview with probably one of the most basic things I could probably ask you and that's gonna be what opened the door to wrestling for you were you just like some like little kid who was watching maybe through like the attitude era or were you someone who like stumbled upon this like last year awesome thing to say so to start it off yes um uh, the first time I saw wrestling, I was actually scrolling through Toonami at the time, and I was watching an old episode of Dragon Ball Z, and I figured, yeah, Toonami, there was a Saturday night syndication on Cartoon I, Network. I know, yeah, awesome. yeah. So I'm sitting there scrolling, and then I go by, and then Spike TV's on, and it's Impact or TNA at the time, whatever it may be, but I see Raven on the screen, and I'm figuring, what what's going on with this guy? This guy looks like a homeless bum. He looks scary type of guy. I'm about seven, eight at the time, you know, so the, this is the realest thing I've seen. So um, growing up, I've mostly relied on just whatever's on TV. Um, never really had the big stations or networks, so I couldn't really watch any pay-per-views. Um, you know, growing up, I did have people that watched wrestling too, so you have a little fan base, a little community. But never in my day, not until 2017, mm-hmm. did I figure out, put together the fact that there was independent wrestling. So, like, around five years ago? Yes. Oh, wow. So, about five years ago, I went to my first indie show. And that was PCW, and that was up in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's up in Los Angeles. It was the time of my life. Um, got to see the main event was Rob Van Dam versus John Hennigan, which everyone knows is John Morrison, which everyone knows is Johnny Lucha, Johnny last name. You know, that was the main event. So me going into my first indie show, seeing a main event had the talent, you know, of WWE caliber people I can relate to, people I know. I knew I was in for an experience. It was also that same night. I saw the likes of Eli Everfly for the first time or seeing the likes of Alex Hammerstone, you know. So ever since then, I just wanted more of it. Wow, that's actually like that's really amazing just to think like you stumbled upon it as a little kid, but not even like from just like watching WWE, just from like you just stumbled upon that on Toonami. That's fucking that's amazing, dude. Um so you stumbled upon this about five years ago, you said, about the whole indies and stuff. But when, what year was it when you took up the mantle as ASCW commissioner? And what has been probably the most challenging part about that that you probably did not think about beforehand? Awesome question. So I was actually put in charge of ASCW as commissioner in November of 2021. You know, we may have be a new company, but we've taken it to so many places in this time. 
Um, and my role there is pretty much to delegate and make sure everything is done correctly. Um, there's always got to be a certain flow to the show. There's got to be a flow for all pieces, whether it's talent arriving, talent leaving, who needs to get picked up from the airport, things like that. So when you're dealing with things like that, some of the biggest pressures you can deal with is miscommunication. Oh. You know, it's the smallest of things people think, but miscommunication is really what gets you. So one of the biggest problems I face being the ASCW commissioner is communication, um, specifically within my own infrastructure, being my partner, Mark Ortiz. Okay, so speaking about that, speaking about that, that's actually uh, in my interview. Uh, so lately, there have been kind of uh, a bit of a drama behind the scenes with ASCW. We all know because you went live a few days ago, and uh, like a few people didn't realize that this was actually Lance Winters being like, like voicing his frustrations. Like for a moment, like I thought it was just a work, but like this is actual, like actually what's happening behind the scenes yeah so the duality of my life is i'm able to express myself in both ways i'm open as a man and as you know my personality when i'm working so at the end of the day when things have to be said they have to be said if you're not being heard you need to find a platform to be heard you know, there may be friend, people that say they don't have friends and maybe people that say they don't have someone to confide in. If you go live and give it two minutes, there's going to be people to pop up and you're able to express how you feel. So I felt safe and comfortable to express how I felt as a person. And it really was just to clear up any cobwebs. Like you said, people had confusion on whether this is a real altercation or whether this is a work, a work you know, and no, this is 100 percent real. What's going on? Um, it's unfortunate that it's like this because. Yes, in October or in November last year, that first show, you know, I was given that opportunity to be put in that situation, you know. But now at the end of the day, I'm kind of regretting being stuck under this contract because as much money as we make and as much fun as I have, you know, there's still that headache of being partnered with someone who just has a problem with communication. I think that's one of the most basic human functions that we need is communication. And if we can't communicate, we can't make money. And if I'm not making money, I'm not having a good time. So like you don't you don't want people to mess with your check. Yes. Ah, okay. 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 So, what kind of like how have things been going after like that live? Like, has there been like drama behind the scenes of like where the higher ups are kind of wanting to take away your position or taking Mark's position or any like is anyone in danger at all? Would you say? Uh, if, if you are if you are legally obligated or if you're legally allowed to say anything like that. So for those of you who weren't there for our last show, Sins and Stanton, um, yeah, I pretty much got a notice from the higher ups. Uh, Mark reported my behavior. Um, so, like I said, that's something that could have been cleared up if me and him communicated and talked. And but he decided to go over my head and. You know, at the time, you know, I'm still pending my decision from or their decision, you know, towards me, the higher ups, the committee or whatnot, the powers that may be. So at the time, I'm still the commissioner of ASCW. At the time, I'm still the face. I'm still running the promos. I'm still talking to the athletes and putting together the promos. I'm still over here at the doll hut working a residency with Danny Retro Historian. Shout out to Danny Retro Historian. And no matter what, I'm still going to do what's best for business as long as I can. Okay, that that's a real that's that's a really good take right there, honestly. Because like 
I, I cannot really picture ASCW without Commissioner Lance Bullies Winter. Honestly, I, I just can't. Because I feel like... Because I... Before... I Like, the first time I went to your your guys' show, what was it, the Summer uh, summer Brawl? Yes. Summer Brawl in L.A., uh, I had no idea who was Mark. Who was Mark? Was he even there? Uh, Mark was... Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, Mark, um, if you saw him, he was the guy doing photography. Oh. He was the rounder guy. Oh, it was that guy. Okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, I do my best to secure a venue. I do my best to secure as many vendors as I can. I do my best to get the tickets and... You know, it's just a small gap that he wasn't able to fill, which was finding a photographer. I don't do photography anymore. Um, since 2017, when I first got in the business, I started off as a photographer. Oh, wow. And I've stopped doing photography as of this summer because I'm stepping up in my place. Yeah, because uh, something I noticed was that uh, at the the first Comptomaniaville, uh, yeah, no, Comptomaniaville, I saw you as a photographer there. Yes. Was that because, uh, was that like you were doing a favor for Deshaun or were you still like working photography well me and Deshaun have a special relationship so no matter what happens I'm always going to do what I can to support him you know so um, as much as I want to call it a favor I, I would rather call it a paid favor because it is what it is at this yeah, point you know so absolutely absolutely but so let's kind of like let's kind of like de-escalate the whole situation and go a little bit more uh, into ASEW just like the whole like thing about it um, so ASEW something I've noticed about ASEW is that you guys feature a lot of lucha style wrestling uh, and I wanted to ask, was that something that was completely on purpose or was it just accidental and you, they, they just kept on kind of going with it? Well, all Southern California wrestling wanted to highlight specifically the Lucha style wrestling. There's so many talented wrestlers here in Orange County and there's not enough representation. Um, so if you notice, our main belt is the ASCW All Lucha Championship, whereas most companies would have a heavyweight championship. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have a heavyweight champion. I don't want to have a ASCW just blank champion, you know. I want to give it that specialty of an All Lucha Championship, you know, to promote the Lucha style that has blown up in Orange County, you know, and it's taken its way to Los Angeles to expand. Okay. So, unfortunately, the, the, the only... The only uh, event I've gone to for ASCW was the Summer summer Brawl. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the whole Aiden Way and Dirty Ron McDonald uh, match. It was it was a banger. I'm not going to lie. It was a really good match. But did you ever feel like there was a point in time where it just kind of went a little too far? Or did you feel like they were just like like on the line the whole time? I feel like they were definitely uh, trying to push the boundaries as much as they could. Yeah. This was the first um, death match we had at a new venue. Yes. Yes. They definitely wanted you to know that this wasn't uh, your granddaddy's kind of wrestling. You know, this is how we do it nowadays with all the various tools and weapons they use. I think you even have a souvenir of yourself. So. I do. I have, uh, uh, I have. So this is going to basically expose me if Ron McDonald ever uh, wa like listens to this. I hope he does or doesn't. Um, but I, I managed to take a record, and I managed to take Ron McDonald's screw screwdriver. It's in, I still have it to this day. Bloodstained and soaked, I bet. No, unfortunately. No, you cleaned it up just to no, keep it. No, there was nothing on it. He didn't, he, Aiden Way blocked, uh, blocked it every single time. I think, uh, I think the mic should be able to, like... Mm -hmm. If not, but like I'll just team in a little bit. Just keep like, you know, doing that. Yeah. 
This is kind of low budget, if you guys can't tell. We're getting there, and I always tell them to stop saying low budget. You're on a budget. Most people don't have a budget, just a dream. You have a dollar and a dream. You're already halfway above the competition, so don't ever forget that, Eduardo. Okay. All right? Because trust me, when I walked in as Billy Zone, I was top shit. Top shit. At least in my head. <laughs> and now look at me now. I'm a commissioner of a company, so keep yeah. that mentality. You know, that's kind of how I felt when I went to Compton Manioville, Monday Night Compton Manioville for the very first time. Um... It was very weird because at first I thought I was only going to be there just to, like, watch the process. And then Deshaun just, like, out of nowhere was just like, come on. I'm just like, what? And he just threw me in the water immediately. But it was a really fun time. Like, I've, I've been slowly learning to, like, kind of be better on the mic and just kind of, like, be a little more active and kind of throw in my own two cents sometimes, you know. Yeah, so it's definitely important um, before you get thrown into the water, you know, to you know how to swim, you know. So everybody should have their own type of training, whether you're a wrestler or a referee or you're someone on the mic. Because they say you can't train as a guy on the mic. It's as easy as taking a public speaking class. Some people don't have the ability to talk in public, you know. It could be as easy as that. So once you overcome whatever it is or your stamina as a wrestler or whatever the challenges of a referee is, you know, it's limitless. You will be thrown in that pool. So it's better to get as much training as you can. And, you know, some people just get thrown in like how you were yeah. and you didn't sink. So I'm glad that you're still here with us. You have that resiliency and that's only going to make you stronger in this business. Absolutely, dude. Like, so speaking about the business, uh, when did you meet Deshaun? Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that is the that's the guy for Compton. Like, he's the guy in Compton Mania, you know. Uh, when did you meet him and like what were your first like initial reactions towards him so I met him through Sean Black who runs Amped Up Wrestling uh, Sean Black was able to help me expand you know once I started growing my wings in Orange County I started expanding towards LA I started working LA promotions that led me to working with Deshaun um, I was there in Anna's backyard yeah, so it threw oh, me. I think I, I think I saw you in like the promotional and like the. I think it was like the. I think it was the charity. The, it was the charity one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw you in the background a few times during the Shiloh versus Sexy Chino. Yes. Yes, I was one of those days where I brought my camera but no memory card, but I was still able to have a good time, you know. It's one of those moments where you still got to adapt to the situation, you know. So I was there taking pictures on the phone, doing little videos. you taking pictures on the phone. Yeah, so um, I met him through that. And like I said, dude, that was the first time I seen wrestling in a backyard. And he's put on plenty of shows in Mama's Backyard since, and they're only better and better. It's like a home-knit feeling, you know, because it is the whole community be walling around just to see what's going on. So I really do appreciate all the things uh, Deshaun does. And, yeah, and that dude's definitely made a positive impact on this bully, and I'll never say it recorded. Oh, am I on a podcast? You are. That is recorded. So this is uh, the ASCW uh, segment where it's going to be a little bit rapid fire. So if you want to kind of go a little more in depth about something, just kind of remember what it was. So uh, what event slash year did you debut as the commissioner? Like what 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 event did you de- debut as? It was at ASCW, the Great Reset, 2021 November. All right. Um, what is what what venue had the worst management, and you will never go back. I haven't had a bad management case in my ACW career. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, which is the better company, ACW or Compton Mania? 
Um, I mean, were you there at the last show? You weren't there, but at Sins and Stanton, we went over on Compton Mania, so there's your answer. Fuck. Um, lastly, which wrestler was the least pleasant to work with, and you probably will, won't have them back? Oh, my God. Everyone's pretty pleasant, you know. I, I really can't really say nothing too bad about anybody, you know. I can say in general there's, like, been a, a crowd of bad people, but there's been nobody specifically malice to me where I'm like, I'm never doing business. Oh, there is somebody. Ha, 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 ha. See how fast the brain ticks? Mr. California is the worst person to work with. I put him on my first show. I put him on against Sabu. And you know what he does? He goes around L.A. and tells everybody that ASCW was his promotion and he did us a favor. So publicly, for the record, I would like to state, yeah, Mr. California was the worst person I booked, the worst person I paid, and I would never pay them and book him again. Was that all the credits for that last question? Uh yeah, pretty much. Is there anything you want to kind of go over? Like, you want to discuss a little further in, or do you want to just like shit on Mr. California a little more? I mean, every everybody has a story about Mr. California, and um, there's actually going to be a documentary if my friend can get it done. Oh. He's going to make a Dark Side of the Ring episode on Mr. California. Where he's going to interview all the people who's fucked him over, or all the people he's fucked over, I should say. Oh, wow. There's countless stories of him booking out of state talent. The talent get here, no pay. They're stuck here, no oh. flight back. Many cases of show get canceled the day of. Many cases of people not getting paid. So you got to wait to see that. All I got to say is this guy was unprofessional for a guy who claims to be Mr. California. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a good time working with that cat. Thank you for bringing up that. Now I got to go have a drink. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so where can I go after this? So let's move a little past uh the ASCW just a little bit i just want to ask you growing up who was a role model to you and do they have any influence on you today or are you a man that believes in creating his own destiny well growing up i always had my favorites and i grew up in the time where i was watching the likes of aj styles and you flip the channel and you had john cena and randy orton in their prime Batista was in his prime before he retired and came back, you know, so it was a good time for me to get into wrestling. There's a lot of um, stuff going on. But as far as like getting my inspiration, it was mostly just for myself, a little bit of the Miz kind of attitude. I like how you can really pull heat from people, but mostly it. I kind of create myself, you know. I I don't I like I, don't, I like to say I put pieces of Paul Heyman in me. I like to say I have pieces of him in him. Yeah, but at the end everyone, of the day, everyone needs needs to be a Paul Heyman guy, honestly, because Paul Heyman knows talent. He knows talent when he sees it. Yes, he's a certified in all his craft. So that's someone else who I want to put a little piece of me too. But most part is me having out my new destiny. This is why I called our first show The Great Reset because I'm resetting the expectations of wrestling in Southern California to my standards. Oh, that's great. That's honestly like that's a good tagline, honestly. Like I'm recreating the, the game, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So... What is going to be the next event after? Like, I'm kind of I'm going back a little bit because, like, I kind of I kind of uh, got a little stuck in on the question making process because I wanted to just have more of a conversation near the end. Mm-hmm. So before that, uh, we are actually going to go on a slight uh, commercial break for right now. So we'll be right back. And we're back. So, Lance, I wanted to quickly ask you. Um, so you're going to school right now, right? Yes. So what are you going to school for? Um, for medical billing and coding. Really? Huh. Like, like, what do you mean by, like, like, you said medical billing? Is that what you just said? Yes, sir. What, what exactly does that mean? So me and my girlfriend are going to come together on a business. She's going to have a business where she's treating people. She's an occupational therapist. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much she's going to diagnose somebody. Um, she's going to treat somebody, and I'm going to bill them. 
and that's our own little company. We're going to use that all over the sports scene, take care of people with busted shoulders. Boom had something busted. We could have billed him, you know. So it's all about having always side avenues of money in case something goes sour. You know, you always want to make sure you have this step, that step, that step, you know, all your birds in place. Because one day you can go through another pandemic. And what if ACW doesn't make it through that pandemic? I'm not saying we wouldn't, but what if? Yeah, you always need to think of a what if scenario because, like, God, God knows, like, what, what would happen. You know, like, you get no venue at all, or, like, you can't even, like, have two people in the same room at, at that point. Like, like, get fucking super Rona or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You never know. But speaking of, uh, so I, I kind of want to ask, like, this one question. Who has been a wrestler that you have complete faith in of, like, being the top guy in the next, like, maybe two years in, in your company? Like, who do you think is the guy that no one really believes in right now? I'm going to laugh in your face right now because, again, if you were at our last show, Sins and Stanton, um, you would have known that I just signed the most lucrative deal in ASCW history. I did sign a major contract with this wrestler. It was not Tim Banks. He did earn a favor in my eyes. I did see the potential in him. But no, the man I'm talking about was the big bad Rickster himself. He oh. signed a big deal with ASCW, and I was able to be the subcontractor, which means I get a cut of all his wins. Which means he's about to do a lot of winning because we're going to do some sinning. He's a dirty son of a gun, but guess what? we got to work together and get it done. Oh, rhyming here. Okay, okay, okay. You know, Rickster was uh, – he was really great because, uh, again, I only went to go see the summer and like the summer brawl. Uh, he was really great uh, just like watching him. Uh, he was in the, the triple threat, right? Yes. It was the triple threat. The Warhog yeah. and Eddie Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um. God, I remember he was shitting on Warhog the entire time. That was, oh my God. I remember there were like some people in the crowd that were just specifically uh, chanting out for Rickster, but it was kind of like in that weird kind of like, I don't want to say dead tone, but it was like where you can clearly tell like, like they only knew who Rickster was in that fight, I guess, mm-hmm. in that match. Um, but I, I can definitely see Rickster being a, like the next top guy, you know, but... Besides Rickster, besides Rickster, is there anyone else that you have in mind? Uh, I have good faith in our tag team champions, our new tag team champions that are crowned at our last. Brandon G. Brandon G. and Noah Anderson. They are revolutionary greatness. Um, they're hailing out of um, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, and Vegas guys. Yeah, so we got some outside boys coming in. I don't know how the territory feels about that. The collectors were a little upset. They came from up north in California, and they went home with the loss. So we might have to see them and have it run back because they were the two teams that entered first and the two teams that were in the end. So oh, wow. they definitely showed their stuff in the terms of stamina. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great uh, rematch, honestly. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think uh, Brandon G, especially him, uh, I think I got like a really funny picture of him. Uh, like this, uh, I think it was like the – of course, no one's going to see it right now, but it's like him getting choked out by like – what was his name? PBG? PBJ, mm-hmm. PBJ. Where is it? Uh, it was the guy. Who was he wrestling? I'm thinking. I remember it was something like JJB, some PJ. JBD. JBD. Jack Bruce Davidson. There you go. PBA. I'm thinking talking about the Philadelphia badass PBA. But yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That guy. That guy. Yeah. But I remember there was like one part where like he was choking out Brandon G, and I and I took like a and I took like a photo of him where he's like the whole time, and I'm just. Oh my god! I need to repost some things. I, I I need to abuse this collaborative like 
fucking invitation thing because yes. Deshaun told me about that. And my stuff has actually been getting view like more views. I'm just like, what the like the one I just the one I made um the one I made about like two weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if you saw my story, but it uh, it was the one where I made I basically edited in Shiloh punching Jin Savani, mm-hmm. and it was like like some people on a podcast talking about how Rhea Ripley, like Rhea Ripley right now, she's like abusing the fact that she's a woman, and that like male wrestlers can't hit her but they can but she can hit them and then i was like i posted a comment where it was like if shiloh grease was there it would be over for Rhea, and then it just cuts to shiloh punching jin savani oh man yeah and uh it just hit 10k views that's awesome man and that's a real interpretation of um you know life imitating art or art imitating life because most of the time we see it first on the weekend and then we see it somehow on monday night the next night you know so it's funny how that works even with the last show with the whole um man on woman butt stuff violence going on you know so it's it's funny when you see stuff like that and then you see it the next week on a nationally broadcasted station you know you're on the good uh track you know yeah if like if the major leagues are behind on the indies, then that's, you know, you're kind of, like, on the right track. Because, like, you're beating out the major leagues. Like, come on. Like, who do you uh, – speaking of the major leagues, who do you think uh, – who if you, in some fantasy realm, had, like, a button to send anyone out to the major leagues, who would you send out? To the major leagues? Can you define that term, major, major leagues? leagues? Okay, you know what I mean. WWE, AEW, all that stuff. See, I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure you said WWE, AEW, not AEW, WWE, because the major leagues do start from WWE and work yeah, its way absolutely. down. Right? W, like, okay, the major leagues to me is WWE, AEW, New Japan, TNA, or Impact now. Yeah. So without unfortunately watching New Japan and the brand, I guess I got that top three to put in. And if I were to say someone's ready to go up there right now in this moment in time, specifically to a brand that's so well known nationwide. <laughs> Gotta think about that, huh? Yeah, because you, you a really a lot of these people are amazing. Yeah. I mean um Inferno could go in there. Yeah, he can be the next guy up. Um I recently just saw my boy debut on NXT. Can we talk about that for a minute? Who was your boy? Um so in the indie circuits, he was known as Congo Crush. Okay. He was hailing from up north, and he debuted on NXT. What is it? It's not 2.0 anymore. Was it the it, last? It's the golden brand. But it was the last episode last on Tuesday yesterday, right? I guess, yeah. For the people watching. So um, his name's Quincy Elliott now. And keep an eye on him. He's top money. Also, Idris Enough. He was actually hailing down in San Diego. That's somebody I know as well. We had him nice little send-off when he got signed in NXT as well. He, he teams with Malik Blade. That's amazing. Yeah, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of caliber of men that deserve to go up in that spot, and women too, so I really, it's a tough one to say, but um, I'm just going to take a jab at it, and I'm going to say Jordan Cruz, and if you guys know Jordan Cruz, he's a guy that's only gotten better over time. Um, he's also from San Diego, but he's working nationally as well, um, especially with the championship wrestling brands, whether it's in Arizona or... Um, you know, in California, obviously. So um, he's definitely someone I'd probably put on that list. Like, just send him up there immediately and just see how he handles it. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Honestly, like, when I was watching uh, when I was watching your guys' events, like, the first few people that I thought about that would, like, total, I would love to see in the, ma- like, the major league, like, WWE, NXT, someone I, I immediately thought about was Matt Fuller. 
Yes. Matt Fuller. Uh, Manny, I feel like he'd only be... I feel like he's good where he is right now in the indies. Um, and then for me... Okay. Matt Fuller is definitely on that list. And then I would probably throw in God King and Jay Baptiste. Mm-hmm. And then finally... For this is just like my Compton Mania people, I would because again that's like the only brand I like right now that I know like like the back of my hand, and I would say maybe Candy Girl. Yes, Candy Girl is a weird is like weirdly a really good tactitional wrestler, and I never really realized that because uh, she was like the last match she was in was in a triple it was in a it was in a fatal four way, and then the last and then the one before I think it was Lois Grain, mm-hmm. which like. The, the the match that made me realize that she's actually a good technical wrestler was the Tracy Grace versus uh, Candy Girl on Amped Up. Okay. That one. Because, the like, it was to the point where I legit did not know for a minute. Like, I don't... Like, right now, I still don't know. And can you please clarify this for me? Because I said this a lot to my reaction video because I made a reaction video and I'm going to edit that to actually fucking post it. Um, I kept on saying, like... I, I, the way that Tracy Grace is moving and the way that she's like kind of doing the, her thing, I can't tell if she is a veteran or if she's kind of a newbie because she's really good at, at like physical storytelling. Like she, she was really good at selling and she was really good at taking hits and stuff, but like she didn't really do much in the match. So my question to you is, is Tracy Grace like a veteran or like, like, is she kind of like more of like a newbie? That's just like that's just a question for myself. Just for myself. So in order to answer that question, you gotta define what a green is and what a veteran is. Um, a green is someone who's like barely working like their first few matches. Like they're maybe it's like their first like ten matches or something like that. You know, like because you can't really call yourself like a veteran unless you've been in this business for like maybe at least like because I'm I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm like a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just looking at the fans' perspective, like. You're kind of green if you've been only working for, like, maybe a year, you know? That's kind of green to me. But once you pass, like, that threshold of, like, three years, you're not you're not a veteran. But, you like, you still, like, you, you're not green anymore. Then once you hit, like, that, like, that seven to ten year, like, that's when you're a veteran. That, that's in my, in my opinion as a fan, mm-hmm. not as a wrestler. I will never claim to know anything about, like the technical like level of wrestling i just look at it as a fan because i think wrestling is not entertainment it's an art form yeah oh so this is really loaded because again i'm not a wrestler as well um i have been in the business this is an opinion of a lot of people it's a general consensus so this might break your heart you ready for some math um the average training a wrestler takes before they debut is two to three years Wow. so imagine that and then 10 years it takes 10 years to get out of being green. You're green for your first 10 years of wrestling. Mm. So that means after your 12th or 13th year of wrestling, you don't have to you don't you don't label yourself as that. And by the 12th or 13th year, you should have accomplished many titles in many different states and many different territories, got as much exposure as you can because if you spend those same 12 years in the same one city doing the same one loop, you're not going to be a veteran. There's no way you're a veteran if you don't intermingle with with your peers, people that are on your level, people that are above you, and you work people below you. 
but if you work the same circuit and you work the same three shows for 12 years, there's no 20 years, 30 years, you, there's no way you can be a veteran. You didn't, you didn't pick up any experience, you know? So like I said, this is just an, uh, a personal opinion of myself, you know? So I would say the first 10 years, you're green because there really isn't no middle ground. Are you green or are you a vet? Ah, okay. You know, that's how I see it. And, um, you know, you're either green, you're a vet, or you're on the outside. That, like how many people would like with that the way that you described that how many people in ASCW would be green or I mean how many of them would be vet like like don't even tell me like the number just tell me is it half of your roster a quarter or all your roster I'll tell you this there are more than a few members of my roster that have wrestled for 30 years plus so that's a big decision when it comes to bookings and when it comes to figuring out what's the best solution when, uh, to tell a story or when you need an opinion or something, you know. And um, that's mostly I, I run with. I try to get new people in as well. Everyone deserves a chance. Absolutely. Aiden Wade's been at it for over 10 years, you know, so I throw him in the mix and play around with him as well. And it's really just experimenting with people who are willing to communicate. I know I sound like a broken record getting back to it, but when you're willing to communicate – and uh, do what's asked of you. That's what makes you a member of ASCW. That's what gets you reoccurring. That's what gets you signed. Okay. Uh, okay. So you brought up Aiden Way. Uh, Aiden Way. I kind of want to jump a little bit into the card. Um, that fatal four way with all the with all the luchadors. Like uh, there was you were talking about the uh, all lucha. What was it called again? The the belt. The ASCW. The ASCW All Lucha Championship. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So that match was kind of like, it felt, it was a good match. It was a good match. But there were times where it felt kind of out of place because there was there was one fall, false count where, like, it was based, oh, no, 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 not a false count, sorry. There was one count where the ref got, a, got to a three, but he counted it as a two. And, like, that made the whole crowd, like, lose their shit. And then there was another where it was kind of like, it looked like someone was about to be injured. Uh, looking back now at the Fatal Four Way match, uh, do you kind of wish that it, if you could have changed anything about that match, would you have changed anything, or are you just someone that's like ha- accidents happen or like shit happens and we just move on from it? If we can make a story out of it, we'll make a story out of it. Two part question that requires a two part solution. Um, so for the first part, I'd like to just announce publicly, like we haven't seen that referee in ASCW since. Mm. So you can interpret that however you want, but I'll straight up say he has not been back because when you tell a story or when you're at a movie theater watching a movie, you can't have somebody go on their phone and blow it up. You can't have somebody, you know, shit in your pasta when you're eating dinner, you know, you can't interrupt. Exactly. Everyone loves pasta, and you can't be eating pasta, enjoying the pasta, enjoying the match, then all of a sudden someone makes a mistake like that. We're, like I said, I believe we're in a world of professionals who know how to get their job done, so no, we haven't seen him. Now, looking back at it, I don't think there's anything I would have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, Everybody did their part. The, cr- the crowd was satisfied. Everyone went home happy, safe. Nobody broke their neck. So in those regards, I'm not one to say... This is what's going on. You know, I let everybody have their moments and whatever happens, whatever happens. People make mistakes all the time. My first show, I was getting up on the apron. I almost slipped right in front of Sabu. Imagine how that felt. I must have felt 
I mean, like, being in Sabu's presence m- must have just been amazing. Like, even if you had, fe- like, fallen, I feel like you would have been like, hey, man, I'm, still, I'm, I'm in the same ring as Sabu. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, with that logic, that means you're probably not going to be a ref in Contamania again because of what happened with your little false count. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, you see, it was never a false count. You were just trying to get up. I was just adjusting to myself, you know, and I was trying to figure out the situation as I was adjusting myself. When you're a referee, you have to make split decisions, you know, in the moment. My best decision was not to reveal my rear end or anything to the fans, the hard crowd, and most importantly, the children. So, yes, you know, I did take a little priority in myself. I should have tucked my shirt in. Hey, it was my first time being a ref. They threw me in. You saw how it went down. You're right. I, I did see that. They just threw you kind of in there. But at the same time, there were times where, like, you were ref, you were refereeing but you were also being a spectator in the ring uh i think there was a point where i think it was what was his name was it hellman it was hellman right yeah hellman uh i think duke lawrence was uh pulling on his hair like really hard and you were just standing over hellman just like watching him and everyone was just shouting at you like ref do your job first of all i'm not a referee so that's not my job. I've not been trained to do this job. I haven't had my orientation for this job. I haven't, um, you know, been paid the rate for this job, you know, so I'm just over here. Well, yeah, I, I would expect more being a referee than a photographer, you know, but walking away with a photographer's rate, I'm not going to complain either. It was a good time. But, um, yeah, moments like that, man, like I said, this is my first time ever being a referee, so it is like the best seat in the house so I, I did spectate and i did kind of make people mad and i'm not saying i put money in wes's pocket or he you know rubbed my shoulders to make me look the other way you know but um yeah things like that happen and all you can do is you know not black out yeah that's, that's a that's a good point honestly i remember uh so if you guys aren't following uh the discussion world uh instagram i actually uh posted the star ratings for for those matches and i i'm i need to I need to get one of those DVDs so I can make a star rating for you, for your guys' stuff because honestly, like, uh, I think so for the the Ghetto Gauntlet, I gave that like a four point five mm-hmm. out of it. Um, I feel like the only way I would have made it a five out of five if just Sean Black made it just a little bit further, <laughs> just a little bit goddamn yeah. further. Anyway, but yeah, no. Um, but uh, at that same time, I also gave like people some uh, little recognitions. Uh, so, for instance, uh, for the Ghetto Gauntlet, best entrance, CSJ, mm-hmm. Can't Stop John, definitely had the best entrance. Candy Girl got the most crowd reaction with uh, Shiloh apologizing. Everyone was like, "Kiss her feet." Yes. All that, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I gave Hellman a bestseller because honestly, that guy, that guy. Is an, that man is amazing at ragdolling himself? Like you, like you know, you even you noticed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you, uh, from ASCW, who would you give those highlights to? Who has the best entrance? Who has the most crowd reaction? Who is the best seller? Who's the best technical wrestler? Well, who has the best entrance? I think it's uh, not to be too much of a narcissist. But I like to say it's myself because every time I come out, uh, not many people are excited to hear me. They don't like seeing me out there, even though I'm providing them with classic entertainment they would get you nowhere else. both best entrance and most crowd reaction? I, I'm giving myself the best entrance because every time I walk in, everyone's hating me. Uh, I can't control the crowd the whole time, you know. I don't put on a whole 20-minute spectacle where they're booing me and cheering me in behind my back as much as Candy Girl. So I wouldn't put myself both titles. But definitely, when I walk into the building, 
everyone sees and everyone's got something to say, whether it's positive or negative. Um, in terms of who's got the most crowd control right now, I would have to say um, Rickster. He's worked his way. He's been with us since the first show, and he's been just um, – we've been kind of doing like, oh, you show up, and if there's a spot, we'll do something for you. Oh, if there's a spot – and he's been there showing up since day one, putting in those spots. So I signed him, and I have very big plans for Rickster. So I'll give him those flowers. What other uh, categories are we missing? Uh, I also said best seller and best technician wrestler. Best seller, best seller, best seller, best seller. It would have to be R.C. Angel just because he's an author, and that's the first thing I could think of. Ronnie Angel um, actually can take a beating as he took one from Inferno. He took one from Angel Vega. He is just, he's very good at being a man getting beaten. Okay. <laughs> that's the kind of answer you're looking for, right? Yes, yeah. And the best tactitional wrestler of all times would have to be the undisputed, undefeated, unrelentless, undisputed, no other than unlimited power. The Red Spider, who is our ASCW All Lucha Champion, because no matter who the foe may be, may they be small, may they be tall, may may they be three of them or four, he's gonna walk out the champ. He's been the champ since the very, very first championship match. That was our uh, merchants match, our Vengeance of Merchant event, and um, he won that. We had an eight-man tournament, and he's been undefeated since. This October will mark the one year, oh, wow. if he can make it. If he can make it, but he's gonna make it. Because that's my boy. So is that just you basically spoiling the, the main event? Well, I can't spoil the main event because the main event is not for a contention of um, Red Spire's ASCW Lucha Championship. And a double spoiler, the ASCW Championship is not on the line. However, the ASCW Tag Team Championships will be on the line. And those opponents will be discussed very shortly. I'll make sure to tag you when we drop that. But um, our main event is actually going to be a Lights Out Death Match. Lights Out? Yeah. Like, like it'll be like, what, what do you mean? Um, so when we have our death matches, we give it a little gimmick name. So lights out death match means it's kind of, well, anything like that will be in the death match for sure. Um, a death match is any of those likes, depending on the wrestler, depending on the crowd, depending on who's bringing what, that dictates what's going on in a death match. But the lights out is a stipulation. So in this death match, any weapons legal, all, viol- all violence is legal. And the exception is, the winner is declared when the other person cannot respond to a 10 count, a.k.a. his lights are out. He got his oh, lights knocked out. So it's a death match knockout, oh, like a last man standing. Okay, yeah, that's really good. I like that. So I can't wait for that death match because I'm definitely going to get another souvenir. I didn't get a souvenir um, I didn't get a souvenir for uh, the ghetto gun. Actually, I kind of did, but kind of didn't. Like, I didn't get a souvenir from the ring. I just got a souvenir, like a shirt. And didn't, didn't you win money on your first show, too? Uh, yeah, my Com- the Comptomaniaville, I won, like, $48. I, won a, I went on a sushi date. Good stuff. Yeah. I didn't tell you that story about the DVDs. Tell <laughs> me story time. Okay, so, yeah, basically, like, um, what had happened was... I had a movie collection, but it was, like, a small one. I had, like, 40, 50 movies. And by the time I had broken up with my now ex-girlfriend, um, as she's packing her stuff to get, to leave, she takes a box. And I didn't – and I thought that was one of the boxes I gave her to, like, you know, move her shit. Uh, she actually ended up stealing all 40, 50 movies that I had collected over, like, two years. And the f- – funny thing about that was that i didn't notice until the day after she had left 
So essentially what happened was I was on the phone just talking to a friend. You know, I'm all bummed out and all that type of stuff. That was actually also the same day I met Deshaun for the first time. I met him the day after I had broken up with my girlfriend. Well, technically I met him in Comptomaniaville, but he didn't actually, he didn't, it was like one of those things like I kind I knew him, but he didn't know me. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, it was funny that I met Deshaun that same day and then I was talking to a friend, you know, being all bummed out and all that type of stuff. And my power went, or my Wi-Fi went out and I couldn't watch any streaming services. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'll just go get my DVD player, watch my movies. And then I go into my room. My movies are gone. My DVD player is under the bed. And then I'm just like, well, shit. But luckily, I had one DVD in that DVD player. You know what that was? What was it? ASCW. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It was. Yeah, no, this is before I even met you. Uh, No, it was Dragon Ball Super. Oh, nice. The Broly movie. That was. It's been. It's been fire. You know. Um, Speaking of Dragon Ball, you you said you you said you watched Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what got you into wrestling at first. Like you saw Dragon Ball Z, and then like you saw Spike or something like that. Yeah, I was watching Dragon Ball Z on Toonami. It was commercial, so I was scrolling, and that's when I saw Spike TV in the uh, TNA days in that episode. But yeah, I wanted to ask you since you just talked about Broly, what's the number one movie right now in Dragon Ball Super? Is it Superhero or Broly? Because everyone knows it's one or the other. Uh, I haven't seen Superhero yet because honestly, I don't really care for the Dragon Ball Super franchise. I don't care for it. You know, I kind I watched I watched from uh, Battle of Gods all the way to this Universe Survival Arc, and I was kind of it for me. And then I watched the Broly movie because Broly was one of my favorite like characters. But I don't like the way that the characters are now. So it's like it basically super assassinated the character of, of Goku and of like everyone who's like who's a side character. Who's like not me. Like Tien is fucked. Yamcha's fucked. Piccolo is destroyed. Krillin is somehow stronger than Tien, which doesn't make sense. Well, Krillin has in canon always been the strongest human. No, he wasn't. Always. No, he wasn't. Always. Because he got his key boosted when he was in Namek. So when he came back to Earth, he was stronger than any training that Tien did. Because all the training Tien did, he did too when he was dead. Um, and when they trained with Kami and stuff. So since they all died in the very first season, he was able to go to Namek and get restored. And he's been stronger ever since training with, um, you know, training with Android 18. You know, she's definitely giving him a power boost, if you know what I'm saying. You can't see that. Yes. <laughs> no, but like no, no. It, it's been argued like so many times yeah, of like Tien and Krillin. It's like definitely not Yamcha. Yeah, definitely not Yamcha. You know, you know the funny. You know the worst part about Yamcha is that Yamcha was the first person who beats Goku in the in the whole series. Yep. He's the first person to beat Goku, and he's he's beaten Goku more times than Vegeta has. Yep, and he's beaten the he's beaten the dog piss out of Goku that first time. That you first know, time, yeah. yeah, that wolfing. Yeah, he literally almost murdered your boy in those very first years, but hasn't been able to recover. Honestly, with all these side characters, um, I don't want to spoil anything in the next movie, but like most of these side characters, they either need a power boost or they need to go because like it's not fun to make fun of Yamcha anymore. Like I'm sorry, I'd rather make sh- I'd rather make fun of Pilaf and the gang now that they're there. You know, that's yeah. the new comedy side characters. Even it's like, it doesn't, like, why are Pilaf? Why are they even? Well, I can't spoil it if you haven't been watching anything, you know, so... No, I've been watching. I've been watching. Like, that's something I've always been confused about. Like, why is, why is Pilaf in the gang there? Like, like there's supposed to be villains or some shit, you know? But, no, I, I kind of wanted to go back just a little bit. Right now, my default answer is going to have to be 
Uh, my favorite movie in the Dragon Ball Super uh, franchise was God of Destruction because I just loved the introduction of Beerus, mm-hmm. honestly. And, like, the whole, like, subplot – or, like, the whole, like – it opened the gate of like God key and the universes and all that type of stuff. But then it kind of like lost its steam until black. Mm-hmm. But even then they fucked up the ending on that. Like that, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Like I don't care about super anymore is because they always fumble the bag mm-hmm. every time. The fourth stage it's done. Yeah. They always fumble the bag. Unlike ASCW, you guys don't fumble bags. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, like, I want I want to enjoy Dragon Ball Super, but I can't. You know what I did enjoy though? There was this guy who uh created a uh a Dragon Ball short movie. Mm-hmm. Uh it's amazing. I'm going to show that to you in like a minute cuz I, I didn't know you were a Dragon Ball fan. Um it's amazing though the art style and it took them it took him and his production like 4 years to make no budget. It was all made. It was just an entire passion passion project with all these people, which I feel is just amazing. I'm but, excited. Can't wait to see, can't wait to see that. I'm always a fan of the Dragon Ball Zoys. Uh, ever since watching Superhero, you know, kind of reinvigorized that whole, you know, that childlike nostalgia feel. It's definitely a good show. Um, the 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 movie itself, you can never watch anything of Dragon Ball Z ever, and you can watch Superhero and walk out a fan of Dragon Ball. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of anime movies. Like, you should be able to make an anime movie where you're not, like, fucking over the people who don't actually know the, the movie. Like, the, the anime. I, I'm just saying, you can't watch Broly without knowing Broly and seeing them go into time and space and their hairs turning blue and black and pink and fuse dancing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you- it, it's, it's a really simple story. It's a, The main bad guys is a Red Ribbon Army, but they tell a nice little pre-story, so if you've never seen it at all, ah, they give that nice three-minute okay, prologue so like, of them. So, like, how One Piece does it. Yes. Okay, alright. Okay, so, yeah, no, like, I think that's gonna be it for now. Uh, I might get you on it maybe another time if you're ever free. But, no, this has been a really good time, and I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was definitely a blast being here today. Um, feel free to swing by anytime you like. Awesome. Well, if that's the case, uh, we will be seeing you guys next Friday. Goodbye.